0: Entrepreneurship is the employee within the company who acts like an entrepreneur. It's the mavericks, the change agents, the people who are challenging the status quo. Hi, you're listening to the Learning Company podcast.
1: My name is Jim Morris, and I'm happy to be your host. This podcast discusses what it means for organizations and employees to stay relevant in today's rapidly changing world. Once again, it's time to pull on the coat of conversation and reach for the talking hat as I welcome my guest today, Roderick von der Roderick is lead consultant and manager at Relevance and today's topic is intrapreneurship. Roderick, welcome.
0: Yes, thanks a lot, Jim.
1: Great to have you here and thanks for being being here to talk to us about intrapreneurship. Usually, uh, regular listeners of this podcast will know that we start with the surprise, the thing that you didn't expect when you started to look at this subject. But I think that the word entrepreneurship is one that our listeners may not know. We know what entrepreneurship is. So I'd like to start by asking you to just tell us briefly, what, what does it mean? What What is entrepreneurship?
0: Entrepreneurship is the employee within the company who acts like an entrepreneur. It's the mavericks, the change agents, the people who are challenging the status quo, who act and work with the voice of the customer within the organization. They change things, they improve products and services, and they really drive change.
1: Wow, fantastic. That I, I like the way you're giving this such a positive twist. As I started to listen to you, I thought, oh, these are the troublemakers in organizations, but that's not it. These are the change makers. This is change for good. These are the mavericks that we need in today's uh, organizations. Correct. Yeah. So we do come to the first question then, the one that we always start with. And thanks for explaining to us what it is. But what surprised you when you started first sort of getting into this and and, and diving deeper into this subject? What was the thing that you didn't expect to find out about entrepreneurship? What was the surprise, Roderick?
0: Yeah, entrepreneurship is linked to so many other topics and so many other topics that are really crucial now and at the agenda of a lot of organizations. It has to do with innovation. It has to do with creativity, proactiveness, spotting opportunities, uh, customer centricity, stakeholder engagement, networking, ownership. We get a lot of these questions all the time in our learning programs and entrepreneurship is like the overarching term for it. Mm. So that's
1: uh, presumably of, you're answering my second question: uh, why it's relevant. These are the these are the things that make entrepreneurship in companies relevant. Then it's that opportunity. It's 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 those possibilities that entrepreneurship can bring to companies.
0: Yes, definitely. It's it's what can drive change within the company. Um, coming back to the question, what surprised me? There are, there was another important thing that really surprised me: that entrepreneurship has a lot to do with the learning culture because it, it is about dealing with failure and it is about getting the opportunity and grabbing the opportunity and also management being open for feedback, for instance. So um, there's this great book of Robert Keegan and, and Everyone Culture in which he speaks about that employees in today's world have like two jobs. They have their regular day-to-day job, but they also have the job like covering mistakes and not being vulnerable about the things they find challenging. And If you want to start with entrepreneurship in the organization, you should really also focus on that culture you have, because I think that a learning culture is really the breeding ground to start with entrepreneurship in one way or the other.
1: So a learning culture, but but also a culture within companies that says, we're not going to punish you for mistakes. We're going to let that happen. It's, a, it's the basis for creativity in a lot of organizations as well, isn't it? It's that ability to try things, to allow serendipity to take place. You know, uh, through trying things out, you discover
0: new things. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, trying new things out and also and not being punished for it, but see what's the learning opportunity. We talk about growth mindset, the fixed mindset every now and then. So I once had a manager who told me when somebody made a mistake, he always asked two questions. What have you learned from this and what are you going to do different next time? Marvelous. Yeah, that's 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 a good approach, right? Yeah, super. That' great. Um,
1: so uh, we've talked about the, the the mindset, I suppose, that an organisation needs to have if it's going to promote this idea of entrepreneurship. Um, if you ask for entrepreneurship and then punish people when things go wrong, that that's not going to help. So people need to feel safe uh, to be able to to, to show it. Um, if we talk about certain power skills that are needed, you know, that the tent poles of entrepreneurship, the thing that holds it all up. What are the skills that that we need if we're going to to show this?
0: Yeah, well, there are different skills that are necessary, but it's also a mindset thing, this attitude of going against the grain, daring to challenge the status quo, and also going the extra mile, not being afraid if things are getting, getting tough that you keep on going. Uh, very important also, the um, vision on what the customer really needs so I would say that a real entrepreneur is doing a lot of empathy mapping like stepping into the shoes of the customer what is the customer feeling what's the customer seeing what is he doing what's his gain what's his pain
1: so uh empathy mapping just just help help us out for the for the listeners that might not that's a that's a wonderful phrase I think I understand what you mean but can you expand a little bit more on empa- empathy mapping uh, Roderick
0: Empathy mapping is really very simple. You take 1A4 and you step into the shoes of a customer Mm -hmm. and you try to understand what the customer is experiencing in the customer journey. What is he seeing? What is he hearing? What is he feeling? What statements is this customer mentioning when he talks about our company? What is the pain of this customer? And what is the gain? What does he need really? Mm. It's like really stepping into the shoes of that customer to trying to understand what does the customer need from the organization. And presumably together with the
1: customer as well, you're you're mapping with the customer and asking questions.
0: Um, I would say it's mostly done not with the customer together. It's done just in customer uh, surface roles or sales roles or marketing roles. When you want to improve products and services, then you start with empathy mapping. And of course, a lot can be based on interviews you do with customers. But this is more like, okay, let's imagine I'm that customer. Uh, These are the steps I have to take to buy this product. I'm going to meet these people. This is the message I got from them. What would be my message? What's in my head when I think of that customer uh, or, or, or when I think of that supplier? Mm. uh you have contact with a lot of uh, of companies and and you're
1: very involved in uh, not only managing but delivering uh, workshops what do you currently see in the marketplace how are, are companies busy with this concept do you see a lot of companies uh, trying to promote entrepreneurship or is it very much in at, at, at base camp at the moment
0: well it differs a bit sometimes it's called in a different way like i like I started sometimes it's just ownership, that companies really want to create more ownership, that people feel responsible not only for their own job, but also for what's happening in the department and also the department next to them. And uh, some companies really start with entrepreneurship by allocating time for employees, like 10% of your time you can allocate to other things than your day to day job. Um, but this creativity, this urge for improving things, this customer centricity, that's of course already some years going on, Mm. uh, stakeholder engagement, stakeholder management, that's also happening quite some time, but innovation is, is more crucial than ever. And to be resilient as a company but also as a person based on all the changes we see in this in this world around us we so we always been talking about the fuca world since the 1980s yeah <laughs> and now we sometimes call it the Barney world Barney oh th- for- tell, uh, to the Barney world tell me about that I haven't come across the Barney world yeah I once read about that one and it was a very interesting concept Barney stands for brittle yeah like some systems they look very tough from the outside but they're very brittle from yeah. the inside they're close to a breakdown yeah Um, And it's also not an uncertain world and people don't feel uncertain. Mm. They feel anxious, they feel worried, they feel concerned about what's happening. In this world, it's also non-linear because it's not always what is the cause of something. You cannot easily say, okay, because this and this happened, that are the consequences. Mm. Um, Very interestingly, we always talk about brand loyalty when we talk about companies and brand loyalty actually does not exist. That much. Okay. It's yeah. Much more based on convenience. People buy for like, out of convenience. Um, for instance, Coca Cola and Pepsi. Uh, Pepsi drinkers will also buy Coca Cola right. because it's available. It's available. So it's convenient. It's yeah. convenient at yeah. a certain moment. So it's non linear, this world anymore. And uh, the I stands for incomprehensible, whether uh, there is so much data, but we cannot grasp it as an individual. There are so much going on that we have not available but based on artificial intelligence and big data and working with that there's so many conclusions that can be drawn based on what you can do as an organization fantastic well thank you so much for introducing me to that new word i was getting
1: very fed up with VUCA, to be honest so (laughs) i'm glad that i can call the world brownie now so it's it's brittle it's anxious it's non-linear uh fascinating super um so when we look at entrepreneurship, what I'm what I'm getting so far, Roderick, is it's very much about the individual. So it's about being proactive. It's about taking ownership of things, not necessarily pointing the finger at your company, but seeing opportunities yourself, grabbing them, being being innovative. Is that a, is a, a fair summary so far?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
1: So a, a lot of people will be listening to this. Um, a lot of people in in uh, learning and development within organisations. What are the sort of first steps that an organization could take to introduce this if they're looking to really get to grips and introduce this into their organization? You've given us a, already a few tips and tricks, but what would be something that you would say if you were visiting a customer and uh, and promoting this?
0: Yeah, well, there are different approaches. Actually, there are three different approaches you see within companies. One is the enabler model in which you give employees like 10 to 20 percent of their time to spend on innovation, to spend mm. on new ideas, products and services that can be improved. Uh, Google was always famous for this one day a week in which you don't have to be doing the things that was your day job, but you could find out other things and options and possibilities and new products and so on.
1: Whilst sitting on a bean bag and playing a game of table tennis. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. definitely. Love it. Definitely. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. And the other approach will be the producer approach, in which you have like a hackathon uh, for 24 hours or 48 hours, where a group of 20 developers just focus on creating a new product or adapting a new product. And that is just like a, a, this pressure cooking model in which people create new things. And the other model will be the opportunist model, in which it's just grabbing the opportunity as an individual. Okay. Uh, a great example would be that Ken Kutaragi from from uh, Sony at that moment, he uh, reimagined a Nintendo game console with more power and more user-friendly, more so user-friendliness. But he faced a lot of resistance within Sony at that moment. So he pitched his idea of improving that Nintendo ev- everywhere in the company. But in the end, it was picked up and then it became the PlayStation, okay. which was really a huge success. Yeah. So that was not allocating time for a group of people who could just innovate or um, having this hackathon, but just individual people who want to drive change and want to grab opportunities. Yeah, Is it possible,
1: do you think, to, to do all three in an organisation or do we need to sort of pick one of those and say, that's let, let's focus on that, that's the best match for our organisation?
0: Well, I think the last one, that will be done in every organisation every now and then. Yeah. And it's a bit depending on that learning climate, whether you keep on going if you face resistance um one example that i experienced a long time ago when i worked for another company that was one of my colleagues who had an idea for a very nice new product he pitched it at several layers in the organization Mm. and in the end they said we're not going to do it and he felt very disappointed because it took so much effort in the end it was a reward for him in a way because he was appointed as a director two years later because he showed these skills of pitching, of networking, of mm-hmm. convincing others, of influencing and using also the voice of the customer to improve things. Um, the enabler model, yeah, that can also be done besides the producer model. I would say a lot of organizations use these pressure cooker moments in which they innovate in which they use creativity to drive things forward. Yes, I think they can do. so. Uh, it really does depend on a, a certain mindset from
1: an organisation because these models they sound amazing and I'm sure that they can lead to innovation and they can lead to, to success. But the the key it seems for entrepreneurship or uh, to be an entrepreneur is that your organisation also allows you the space to be an entrepreneur. We can't just shout it from the rooftops. We have to embed that mindset in our organisation and give people the space. And that's sometimes the space to fall down, but then pick yourself up without any punishment. Exactly. Fantastic.
0: Yes, people should feel, employees should feel able, capable, and motivated. They should feel that they have permission to innovate, that they have uh, the opportunity to innovate, to change things which might not be their day-to-day work, and also motivated and inspired by management, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Able, capable, and motivated.
1: Do you have an example of how you can give people permission to innovate?
0: Yeah, it is sometimes very helpful to bring people in a totally new environment, in a new situation, so they can get inspired by that. There is this great story of Starwood, the owner of the Sheraton Hotels. It was a merger later on with the Marriott Group, and they once had 700 managers, and they want to think about the future of the company. So they sent the 700 managers to Paris. They focused on the core values of Paris, and they made small groups, and they sent these people to the streets of Paris. By observing, by sketching, by making pictures, by having conversations, they came back with a lot of notebooks, pictures and those ideas, 1700 in total, were the start of new products and services for this hotel group. So that is what I see in more organizations, bring people to another situation. Roderick, I, I wish we had more time. I, I feel we're
1: just scratching the surface, really, of entrepreneurship. But we have to we have to draw this uh, podcast to a, to a close. And where we start with the surprise and what uh, what uh, surprised you about entrepreneurship, we always end with the uh, with the gift the the gift for our listeners the the one golden nugget. We we feel that nobody should leave this podcast empty handed, and it shouldn't end when this podcast ends. That people can go on and find out more about entrepreneurship. So my final question is, what's your gift? What's the the book tip or the film that we should watch or the the quote that you've got? What's your gift for our listeners uh, today?
0: Yeah, yeah. well, the the, the tip would be to go to www.kickbox.org. This this kickbox is that methodology to really drive innovation within a corporate organisation. Invented by Mark Randall, the uh, former VP of uh, Adobe. Uh, It's open sourced and it's also improved by uh, Swisscom. So you can find a lot of interesting film clips, templates, and also steps that you can follow to drive entrepreneurship within your organization.
1: Fantastic. So that's uh, kickbox.org once again for the listeners. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Roderick, for today and for telling us all about entrepreneurship, It was a new word for me. And I can let go of the VUCA world now. And what do I need to call it again? The Banji, The bani. bani, bani the bani world. That's it. Super. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks. Pleasure to be here, Jim. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Learning Company Podcast. Join us again, and we'll be talking about another topic to help you stay relevant.